Welcome to the Legally Bliss podcast. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, dress at the office, balance our families with work, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys and how they proactively chosen to do career and life differently. The ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms and not what society or big law has prescribed for them. We'll learn from these women how to deeply question the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated to inspire you. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hey there. I would love to welcome everyone to Legally Blissed Conversations and a very warm welcome today to Julie Bosey. Julie is an energy management coach who works with high-achieving lawyers to shift from doing to being, being more intentional, balanced, and fulfilled. Julie is walking in her purpose as a coach. It's the culmination of a circuitous career journey that involved working for a brief period of time as a social worker and for an extended period of time in attorney development at a leading global law firm. Julie's approach to coaching is informed by a passion for well-being, a penchant for pragmatism, and a strongly held belief that how you feel impacts how you perform. Julie is also co-founder of Level Up Legal, a coaching-related venture formed by three energy management coaches with ties to the law. They join forces to bring action-oriented stress and energy management tools to lawyers with their signature program, The Leveled Up Lawyer. Julie, welcome. I am so happy to have you on with me today and to learn a little bit more about your journey and your story, how you got to where you are today and why you're doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Awesome. So let's go back a few years. Um, So you decided that you wanted to initially go into social work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, right. talk, let's talk a little bit about that, because I know that that's something that it's an area that has, I'm sure, impacted what you're doing today. So I'd love to know a little bit about your journey in the social work and, and your experience there. Yeah, sure. So truly, for as long as I can remember, I was on a linear path to become a social worker. And the ultimate goal for me was to have a therapy practice. And that was a dream that was inspired by my brother, who has a disability, and the social workers who supported our family. They were empathetic and they were service oriented and they were resourceful and they made a positive impact. And I didn't really question that dream. I had a professional destination in mind and I took initiative to reach it. And so I poured myself into school and I excelled academically, not because it necessarily came naturally to me, but because I was on a mission to get into a great college and a highly ranked master's program and become a well-trained, effective therapist who made a positive impact in the world. And that's what I did. Um, With my head down, I graduated at the top of my class in college, and then I enrolled in an Ivy League social work program. 
I graduated with a 4.0. I did all the things I set out to do. And then less than six months later, I had an existential crisis. I called it a quarter life crisis at the time. <laughs> and because I hadn't questioned that I just sort of had tunnel vision and I was on this mission. And so um, through a series of events, I completely transitioned my career into the legal industry. And a law firm took a chance on me by welcoming me into its professional development team, which was essentially attorney development. And I figured social work didn't really work out. So I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, the, uh, the, the basket of professional development or attorney development. And I was determined to not give this firm a reason to regret their decision. But it was challenging for a number of reasons that I'm sure we'll talk about today. First, because I went from a field that was centered around emotions. It was centered around leaning into and moving through and processing emotions to a field where it seemed like emotions were professionally disqualifying. And so I thought, well, my training is sort of irrelevant. How am I going to add any value here? Um, and also because truly I didn't know a lot about the legal landscape. And so I was supporting these lawyers. And I really cared about the lawyers that I was supporting. And still, I didn't fully understand what they were going through, what it was like to work in such a fast-paced, um, often frenetic, demanding profession where it was really normalized, even glorified, to work long hours and to put client needs over your own needs. And so I really struggled at first about how I struggled with how to make an impact. Um, somehow it all worked out. And in the midst of that, uh, one of my roles involved coordinating coaching engagements. And so I didn't know what coaching was, but I dutifully coordinated coaching engagements. Um, at first, I didn't know. Eventually, eventually, I found out. And I was just fascinated by the results that I was seeing. And they were sort of intangible results. But these lawyers who um, I felt like these lawyers just seemed lighter. They seemed more present. They seemed more aware. They seemed more conversational and more self-assured. And I thought, well, I don't want to be on this end, coordinating coaching engagements. I want to be on that side, mm. coaching. And so that's what I did. That's okay. my back. So there is a, there's a lot of interest. In. I have questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm curious, like, okay, what was your role as like in professional development at the law firm kind of at first? Because it sounds like you you ultimately evolved as you were eventually like you were working with lawyers who, um, you know, you were kind of coordinating the coaching before that. What were you doing with the professional development work? Mm -hmm. Yes, my experience there, um, I grew I sort of grew up professionally there. I was there for for almost a decade. So when I first started out, my role was largely administrative in nature, and it involved collecting review comments for annual performance reviews. And so um, I just had a flashback of what that was like, <laughs> because here's the thing. I had a mission. I keep talking about these missions. I had a mission to collect review comments from senior lawyers that I worked with about the associates, and the senior lawyers were really busy. And so... I was given sort of one responsibility, this task to, to collect comments and, and not just comments, um, but really meaningful 
and um, comments that would really help somebody grow and growth opportunities and, and praise and all of that. Nobody was answering me though, um, because they were all so busy. Yeah, and so yeah. what I did was I, I remember vividly taking a dictaphone and going into the offices of these partners. And I said, I mean, they didn't just barge into their offices. I coordinated time to, to sure. meet with them. But I, um, I actually kind of think that I used my therapy training because what I would do is I would go into their office and I would say, listen, I know you're busy. Why don't we just talk? Because clearly it's really hard to carve out time to write a review comment. And it's not just the time. If, if there are layers of complexity around, you know, how to explain how somebody did on these, on these different projects. And so, so we would just talk. And so I had no idea um, about a lot of what they were saying in terms of the legalese. Um, I remember hearing words like, you know, a poison pill for an M&A deal and, mm. and you know, diligence and all of these different things. And I didn't really know what they were talking about, but I was able to cut through that and talk through how were your expectations for what were they upfront for this person? And were they mad? Were they, were they met? Um, or did they fall short? Mm -hmm. And if so, why? And so I kind of, I guess, without realizing it, was getting below whatever surface level feedback would be. And, and through that, I learned a lot about these, a lot about, um, a lot about the partners, a lot about the associates, but it was in this very piecemeal way that wasn't exactly as expected. So I was the review. I mean, there, if, if there's any, um, anyone that I used to work with who are, who are partners at the firm, they used to call me, I, I would see them and in the hallways and there's uh oh the comment police is here because no. I would literally email people for their review comments all the time. Yeah. So that's something you would have to take that feedback then to the associates, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Essentially. I mean, so I was part of that process, but really I helped kind of package together the feedback they were receiving from lots of different senior lawyers and come up with a cohesive, coherent message about how somebody was doing professionally, what a next step might be for them. Um, and so I wasn't the one who was verbally explaining the feedback to them. I was sort of on the back end. I would give that package to another partner who would then um, deliver the feedback. So it's very formalized. Okay, so then you started, yeah. <laughs> you noticed that the... Um, the attorneys, particularly some the associates who were doing the coaching seemed mm -hmm. to be, and you, you, you know, you gave me a lot of words, kind of describe them. They're like yeah. words, like they seem lighter. Right. So mm -hmm. how did, at that point, how did, um, associates get to be coached? Did you, did you kind of say, well, this person would be, would do really well with coaching or let's try this out or. Was it more of a self-initiative by them? Did the firm have something more structured? So I guess before we even get into that, I think that um, I think there are a lot of questions around what coaching actually is. And so yeah, yeah. Even, even in um, even when I was working for the firm, I think what was called coaching wasn't always what we would think of as coaching. And so mm -hmm. uh, Essentially, coaching is just this broad, and I know you're a coach as well, so it's this broad term 
And I know that most of the lawyers that I coach, they are very interested in language and where words come from. And so the way that we learned it was um, coaching comes from an actual stage coach. Some, so someone who sort of transports someone from point A to point B, and maybe they can get there on their own. Um, but more often than not, there's someone else on the journey with them. And metaphorically, that's what coaching is too. And so um I would work with folks. It really evolved a lot at the firm, I would say. So it started out, I think a lot of things that really are, are more training were called coaching were sort of put together in that category. Um, you know, folks who would get feedback that we'd love to hear them more in meetings. Um, they seem to be holding themselves back in meetings. And so maybe we can get them a coach. And so when I first started out, I looked for communications coaches and coaches who really helped folks with articulating their message and breathing exercises. And that's all very helpful. And frankly, I could use a coach in that area too. Um, the, the type of coaching that I would do is sort of more broad based. It, it's where is that, um, where is the, the reticence to contribute during the meeting coming from? What, why might you be holding yourself back? What else is going on? So anyway, I would say that we used to coordinate coaching for very discreet topics like that, mm -hmm. which often were more training than coaching really. Um, and then there were, there were some initiatives that involved coaching for leadership. So when folks got promoted, then they would have the opportunity. So there was lots of different ways that people were coached. And I put together a whole spreadsheet on here's the coaches that do this. Here's the coaches that do that. But ultimately I realized that a lot of the coaches do all of the things because we are not people that only focus on one thing at a time. We are holistic integrative humans. And so if we're struggling in one area, there's usually something else that's going on too. So a roundabout way of answering your, your question, but no, I know that was, that was great. I, okay. I'm just really fascinated by this because when I was in, um, in, when I was practicing law, coaching was not a thing. Now I mm -hmm. left the big, I left a law firm in, in about 2010. Um, so I, I'm curious, I'm just thinking, I'm like, I wonder if they have coaches now for their associates, because mm -hmm. I look back on my practice when I was a younger lawyer and I was like, oh my gosh, like I could have benefited so much mm -hmm. by having a coach. And I think that back then, back in the olden days, which, you know, 13 plus years ago, seems like the olden days <laughs> because, you know, everything, I feel like everything is just moving so quickly, even though the law, even law firms don't tend to move as quickly no. as other. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. But so you, this is interesting because you kind of got on this. You're like, okay, wait a second. Like I'm seeing some amazing results mm -hmm. by our associates who are working with coaches in various capacities. So what was the, where was the light bulb that said, I want to go into this? I think I might want to leave the firm or maybe you stayed at the firm and you, and you mm -hmm. trained as well. I'm curious, like, when did you decide you wanted to be a coach as well? That's such that a great one. question. I actually don't vividly remember a light bulb moment. I think that it was sort of a slow, you know, progress isn't always linear. Sometimes stuff going on under the surface and then all of a sudden you get this thought. I think for me, it was more of sort of a gradual, um, I was just really, I like talking to the coaches. Like I would talk to yeah, the coaches, yeah. I would talk to the associates about coaching. 
I found myself gravitating to that. Um, and I think in general, I always found myself being the type of person who people would come to my office to talk to me about things, you know, there's, there, there were all these signs when I look back and I say, okay, now I, I was leading with intuition though. I wasn't really leading with a framework. Um, so essentially I think that there was a gradual over time. I realized, you know, I, I would love to do this. I would love to be involved in these changes and um i do my my initial idea was to coach at the firm because what i found what i found was happening and what i still think is happening in a lot of law firms and professional environments is that coaching is not given out across the board and i actually think everyone can benefit from coaching i actually think coaching should be part of a law school curriculum i think that it should be sure. sort of for everyone yeah. um and I think so my idea was to make it more accessible and that's been a theme that I've seen throughout my career as well because sometimes folks got into coaching when they were at the lowest point mm -hmm. and then it brought them higher than they ever knew they could be in terms of just their 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 professional value proposition their perimeter of possibility it brought them so much higher than they ever could possibly be and so I thought I remember thinking well why can't everybody benefit from this sure. so that was the idea that I had you're like okay it's time so did you did you ultimately coach in the law firm or did they um, did they make you say in professional development I well I was going to do it in connection with being in professional development okay. which is which is difficult, I would say. Um, now I see how difficult it would have been at the time. I didn't fully know what coaching was. And so I thought, well, I would be just doing what I'm already doing in terms of trying to help lawyers grow professionally, but just with more tools. Um, right. What I now know is that as a coach, you are sort of neutral and unattached to an outcome and you're allowing the client to drive. And so I do think that it would have been challenging to coach within the firm, but that was my intention up front before I fully knew what I was doing as a coach. And I had more of, um, I had more of an idea of what it was versus the reality. I think that's a really interesting point, um, Julie, that coaching you know, part of what you're doing is you are a neutral party who really holds a space for someone else, right? And you're, whereas like when you're in professional development, you're, you work for the law firm, right? You're the, the entity that you were trying to move forward um, was the firm as a whole. So yes. I could definitely see how there would be a conflict, a sort of a conflict there. Yes. And even um, in terms of you know, the main tool that a coach has, the main two tools are listening um, and being curious, like listening, actively listening, intentionally listening, um, and not thinking about what you're going to say next or figuring out and trying to kind of put in your into your mind what is actually going on, but just listening because what you're listening for and why you, why you need to be able to access curiosity, which is the other tool is to try to figure out what's the story this person is telling themselves. You're looking for patterns within what they're sharing. You're looking for how to eliminate, uh, not eliminate, illuminate um, blind spots that they might not even, and eventually eliminate. So kind of <laughs> roundabout way there, but 
um, blind spots they might not even realize that they have. And so if think truly, if I was in professional development meetings, learning about how somebody was doing professionally, I think my judgment would be a little bit clouded because I wouldn't be able to just look at the person right in front of me. Totally. So yeah, I think this was the right, this was the right, I know this was the right move for me. Right, right. I think it makes a lot of sense. So Mm -hmm. you went to a coaching coach training program. It's called IPEP, right? Am I? Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your journey over into that, what you learned and um, sort of how it's integrated into what you're doing today. Sure. So when I set out to become a coach, I looked through all the different programs and it was just really drawn to IPEX program, which is centered around energy. And energy is something that everyone kind of knows what it is. Like, you know, when you walk into a room, you can feel the energy in the room. You can feel the energy of somebody else, but it's also sort of intangible. So I became really interested in the idea of being trained in a framework that made this amorphous, elusive, intangible concept into something that was tangible. And so um, I, I joined IFAT and essentially, essentially what it is, is that So to go back to the point around um, the stagecoach, getting from point A to point B, very, very often somebody that I'm working with has an idea in mind, whether it's a lifestyle shift that they want to be making or a career transition that they want to be making or whatever is going on. And they say it's easier said than done. They wish they could just snap their fingers and they could get there, but they're having trouble building momentum or staying focused or um, establishing a new pattern. And so that all relates to energy. And so what ends up happening is that we have these, what we call an IPEC energy blocks, um, external energy blocks and internal energy blocks. And so internal energy blocks are what kind of keeps people bogged down and not able to move forward and reach their goals. And what these internal energy blocks are, are, um, it's, it's probably what you learned in your coach training program too. And we just have different names for it, but we call them limiting beliefs and um, your gremlin, which most people would say, or many people would say your inner critic, your, um, how you might be holding yourself back because of assumptions that you're making, the story that you're telling yourself, the story that you're telling yourself about who you are and how you fit into the world. And there are two kinds of energy. There's the way that we've learned it in, in, in a very general sense, there's low energy, which is the energy of feeling stuck and bogged down and feeling kind of analysis paralysis. You want to get started, but you can't get moving. You're doubting yourself. And then there's the higher energy, which is the energy that creates momentum and it has you thinking innovatively and has you taking risks. And um, so the, goal of coaching is to figure out when somebody is in a lower state of energy, what's going on under the surface, because there's so much that's going on there under the surface. And once you can figure out what's going on and release what's keeping someone stuck, you start to see them creating momentum and moving towards their goal. Sometimes they don't even know what their goal is, though. Sometimes I work with clients and they, they are just so depleted And they will say, I don't even know what I want, but I know it's not this. Mm -hmm. That's it. I know it's not this. This isn't the life that I, that I had dreamed for myself. 
And I, I relate in some ways to a lot of the clients that I, the lawyers that I coach, because I was on that linear path too. Mm-hmm. My, my identity was wrapped up in this vision that I had for myself. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately realized it wasn't for me. It was part of my journey. I couldn't see it at the time. Sure. sure. But a lot of my clients, they, um, they, you know, they are, they've just kept their head down and they've worked so hard and they think that will bring them fulfillment and happiness. And it's not, and they can't figure out why. And so, yeah, that's That's, that. We we work on all of that together. (laughs) That's awesome. So you, I want to say like you graduated or you got your certificate from Mm -hmm. IPEC. Um, Did you start working with lawyers straight away? I'm kind of feeling that you might've already had some people that you were going to be great to work with, right? Just from your connections and having worked at a big firm. Yes. Yes. Um, I, that's where I grew up professionally. And so that was my network. And so, you know, there wasn't any part of me that said, I'm intentionally going to have a coaching practice that focuses on lawyers, but I, that's all I knew. I, I, after seven years of working with an environment, that was sort of the ecosystem system that I lived in. And so that's where my contacts were, my network was. And I started, I really think that pretty much everyone can benefit from coaching and I'm part of, um, and there are idiosyncrasies that are within the legal industry that if you're not familiar with it, it can be really hard to effectively coach. Um, even though you are sort of, you know, having this detached involvement, it's still, it's still hard. It was hard for me, even on the professional development team at that time to fully understand the forces that somebody was up against. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you take somebody who is characteristically sort of a people pleaser or high achiever, and then you put them into this environment where they're not getting a ton of feedback um, because, you know, people are not answering their emails to give the feedback. <laughs> they're not giving live feedback. It's always like and banging it's not, on their door. <laughs> they're just banging on their door. It's not malicious. It's not, no. you know, it's truly, everyone is so busy. Yeah. No one is their best self when you are that busy. You just can't be. No. Very often people are in survival mode themselves. So it's very hard for them to be thinking about the development of the folks who are on their teams when they're in survival mode themselves. So, no. so you kind of put these, High achieving folks who, you know, I was in Big Law in a very prestigious law firm. Many of them went to Ivy League schools. Many of them succeeded throughout their lives. And then they were in this environment where they felt like they didn't have autonomy over their careers. They felt like they didn't have feedback. They weren't sure if they were excelling. They got in their head. They And, and beyond that, most people, when you would look around, looked like they had it all together. And that was fascinating to me because... Until you develop psychological safety with somebody and had them in your office or had privacy, somebody would be walking around the halls like they 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 had it all together. And so I actually think that there's this dissonance that happens. This, mm-hmm. you know, on the outside they have it all together, but on the inside they don't. And that for the person who doesn't know that, it gets them in their head even more because they think everyone around me has it all together. And so there's all, so I just became really interested in, um, in that. So that's not to say I do work with folks who are not lawyers, but I really gravitate to working with lawyers. And I think that 
in our, in our coach, we have a Facebook group for our coach training. And so often we get, does anybody work with lawyers? My client, this person only wants to work with somebody who knows what it's like to work with lawyers. So I figured, well, I guess there's a niche there for me. Yeah. You're like raising your hands. Like that's me. (laughs) Well, I think you make a great point that, you know, having worked in, uh, you know, big law and like you said, just kind of growing up there in a lot of ways, in terms of your career, you had to learn so much about lawyering, right? And just the unique challenges that lawyers face. And kind of like you said, like, you know, the type A personalities or the, you know, the people pleasers, right? And your your training with IPEC seems like it really just fit excellently is that a word excellently perfectly it is now I just made that thank you (laughs) excellently with um with with your background so you have your own practice right now Mm -hmm. and it's people can find you it's julie bosi b-o-s-i.com right um at yeah they can find you that's your that's your website and I'll link to it of course but let's talk a little bit about you now being an entrepreneur and having your own business and then your ultimate connection with the other women for Level Up Eagle. Yes, sure. So I set out on this. um, I never thought that I was somebody who had sort of an entrepreneurial spirit at all. And but I think you do. I apparently do. (laughs) And I think you know what? I think that a lot of us are situationally bogged down. And so we can't access creativity and innovation until we learn how to kind of clear that fog for ourselves. So I started a practice a couple of years ago and um, I work with high achieving lawyers. And I would just, if I had to paint a picture of these lawyers, they, they're what we just discussed. They're folks who checked all the boxes and from the outside looking in, they have it all together, but on the inside, are feeling drained and they're feeling depleted. They're afraid to acknowledge that or admit that. Um, they're sort of on the verge of burnout or you asked if what you said earlier was a word. I I kind of coined my own phrase. It's called anticipatory burnout, which I don't think it's a real thing. Um, but <laughs> as, a, as a training, as a therapist, we learned about anticipatory anxiety. And I, I feel like anticipatory burnout is such a thing because I would see these juniors who were thinking several steps ahead in their career and thinking, well, I can, I can hack it now, but how could I do this in the future? They're looking at the seniors. They're not seeing themselves in it. So, and that gets in your head too. I did that Um, very terribly as a young associate. mm -hmm, Yeah. How is this going to be sustainable for me in the long run? Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of take yourself out Mm -hmm. before you potentially crumble is what I feel like. Right. Right. um, What I see. So I work with folks on how to make the most of the space they have and that looks different within each coaching engagement. But um, in the context of doing all that, so one of the things that I realized I missed as an entrepreneur was the uh, being able to brainstorm with other folks. I was always part of this team. Um, and so I connected with two other coaches who they actually, well, I connected with one and reconnected with another one. So one of the lawyers that I worked with at the firm um, she became a coach as well and through IPEC. And so, and we, we, we were connected then we deepened our relationship and expanded sort of the parameters of a relationship now. 
But so we reconnected and I also met this other coach. So Lauren and Valerie are their names. So I'm not just referring to them as people. Um, <laughs> they are so, real people. <laughs> they are real people. Um, so essentially, actually, I think that what ended up happening was that, so Valerie is who I used to work with. She okay. is a fond lawyer. Um, and we, we connected, we, we were talking, we kept seeing the requests for coaches who focused on lawyers coming through, um, our referral sort of system. And then we met Lauren, who was a commercial litigation attorney and then became a coach. And so we said, why don't we get together and figure out ways to have some sort of a referral, um, process and brainstorm with each other because we all work with folks at different stages in their career. It really, it really depends. But in a very general sense, I work mostly with, I would say mid-levels, juniors, mid-levels. Val works largely with um, folks who are thinking about transitioning within their career to a different career. And Lauren works often with folks who are um, in leadership roles, looking to enhance their leadership style um, and their team cohesion. And so we, we decided to get together and just brainstorm. And there was just a natural connection there. And I think we all realized how much we missed working with other people too. And when you're a coach and you're focused on energy, you just want to be like attracts like when it comes to energy. You just want to be around people that have similarly, um, who are similarly minded, energy minded. And so we ultimately decided, which is not what we initially thought, but we ultimately decided to ultimately decided to partner <laughs> together um, and to pull our collective insights and to create energy management offerings that would expand the reach of energy management coaching beyond just working with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. And so we formed a partnership. It's called Level, Level Up Legal. And right now our signature program, our signature course is called the Leveled Up Lawyer. And so what that is, is it's a signature or a signature course that will take lawyers on a journey from stressed, depleted, and unfulfilled to energized and in control of their life and career. So we essentially are going through in, in sort of a simulated way what it would be like to work with a coach. It's not the same as working with a coach because you're not getting that feedback, but it's a lot of these general skills that are just not taught. And so... Um, we're excited to be sharing that with more lawyers. Yeah. Awesome. So you all are getting ready to start your second cohort, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. So, and how long does that last? Oh, that's a great question. So essentially what we've done is we created a six module program uh, and then there's a welcome and a celebration. So it's a six module program. It will start, the next one starts on March 30th and it will wrap up on May 18th. And so the way that it works is that one module will drop each week and it's first let's level set. Then let's figure out what's keeping you stuck. Then let's figure out how to release what's keeping you stuck and you kind of go through this journey. And we each do, um, we each kind of facilitate one of the mods modules. And so um, you can watch it as it comes. So once per week, or it's asynchronous learning. So you could kind of tune in whenever you want to once you, and you have uh, lifetime access to the program once that's, you want to enroll. That's, that's really cool. So what are some of the kind of the things that you've seen in your own coaching that mm -hmm. you've integrated into this? 
Oh, that's a great question. We actually spoke about a bunch of them already. So first, what we do is in terms of level setting, um, we do share some themes within our coaching practice, largely to help folks know that they're not alone. Their only way to do that. So it's like an anonymized way. We're basically saying, here are some things we're seeing. And from folks who went through the first cohort, we heard that that in and of itself help to kind of calm their overstimulated nervous system because they thought, oh, I'm not alone. And so <laughs> I'm like, all right, work is done here. That's a really scary place to be. Yeah, to sure. like you're the only one who feels that way. So we start out with that. Then we go through the whole energy management framework okay. and then talk through themes that we see within lawyers. And we've created a proprietary model of five lawyer cognitive patterns that we see over and over and over again. Perfectionism is one of them. And these are all really tricky because it's reinforced within reinforced within law. So how do you shift away from perfectionism that's not serving you, but kind of hold on to the perfectionist that's helping you have high standards? And, and so there's fear around letting go some of these patterns, but perfectionism is one of them. One of them is sort of this rescuer tendency that we see a lot. Um, folks who internalize responsibility for doing all the things. Um, and the interesting thing, and I know this from my therapy training, and so we get in pretty deep. When, if you're coaching with me one-on-one, -on -one, we get in pretty deep on a lot of the stuff forms in childhood. And it's just these patterns that continue. And you don't even realize that it's a pattern. You think it's just, it's your lens. You see the world that way. Yeah. So anyway, we talk through those patterns and then we talk through how to shift those patterns. Um, and I would say that some of the other themes that we see or things, we talk about things that get in the way of shifting energy. So one is negativity bias. There's a well-established negativity bias within the law, which is also reinforced within the practice of law. So how do you learn how to strategically manage your negativity bias without becoming overly optimistic or detached <laughs> from reality or a Pollyanna. Yes. So we Negative kind of Nancy go, or Pollyanna, right? It's like, yeah, where you it's too extreme. Yeah, right. absolutely. So we talk through that. Um, we kind of talk through everything. We, we really, we read all the books and we've done kind of, we've done all of the training and we've pulled our power, the, the most powerful resources that we could think of to give them to folks so that they could see, you know, they could make these changes on their own. And one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I personally am really passionate about this is that when I'm coaching folks, something happens where um, I love metaphors and this is a metaphor, but something happens where, um, where once you start to realize what you've been tolerating, it's like you've been in this dark room and your eyes have adjusted to the darkness and you don't even realize that your eyes have adjusted. And all of a sudden, when light comes in, you start to sort of, at first it could be a little scary because yeah. you start to see what was there all along and you didn't realize what was there all along, but it can also be really exciting because you start to expand your perimeter of possibility. And so what ends up happening though, um, some of my clients have reported back to me that they feel like the people that they're working with are still playing the game the way that it was taught to them. And they feel sort of like perpetual foreigners because they have this way of accessing innovative energy 
And folks are still sort of bogged down with the tunnel vision of there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And they're not thinking outside the box. And so one of the reasons we really want to expand this is so that folks can, there's a common language when someone's saying, and we didn't get into the levels of energy, but within this framework, oh, it looks like we're approaching this from a level two energy. What would be a level four energy, you know, approach to this? And we think that that would, that that will help um, just overall in terms of creating an energetic movement within the law. That's our our mission, our new mission. That's kind of cool. Like that could be some kind of tagline, right? I'm not exactly how you could, could integrate that, but how would a lawyer know when she's ready ready to get on the the energetic level train? Like when is mm-hmm. is there is there anything that like any indicators that she's ready to, to do it or maybe it's not time yet? That's such a great question. I would say that I think truly. Um, we had a law student as, so we, in our first cohort, we had a managing partner, a law student, an associate. I mean, we had really a mix. Um, so I really don't think that there is any, um, you're too junior or you're too seasoned to be, to be interested in something like this or to be, but I think that somebody would know that they're ready to do it if they're hearing this conversation and they say, I can sort of see myself in some of those themes. So that's sort of like a a first step. But then the second step would be, I'm ready to make a change. I don't know how to do it. Something's got to change. And I'm willing to carve out, you know, one hour each week to go through these modules because that's another piece of it is the accountability. So through private coaching sessions, folks will hear from me or Lauren or Valerie, you know, they're seeing our face if they've, if they've done their, if they've done their um, quote unquote homework or not, or they're getting reminders from us. We are, we do keep in touch with everyone going through the program, but there has to be an internal accountability process. And actually I think two people going through it together would be the best case scenario. If there are two friends who are interested in making a change, they want to be accountability partners they pair pair up and do this together. I think that would be a really great um, thing to. Everything is better yeah. when you're doing it with somebody else too, right? I mean, that's why I love that's why I level up legal is a a trio. Yeah. So let's say that someone's listening to this, they should grab their closest legal beagle buddy and mm-hmm. should check out your masterclass that you're going to be having. Right? You're doing yeah. a free one on energy management um, coming up. So will you tell me a little bit about that and so can grab a friend and attend together? Yes, absolutely. So um, essentially what, let's see. Well, so if somebody is interested in learning more about what we're doing, I think the best place to start would be just to be following us on social media. So they get to know all of this. There's probably a lot of details that we're sharing in terms of dates and um, you know, this whole process. So I'll we'll share Instagram and all of yeah, that. We'll share our handle at the end. Um, but essentially what we realized is that we put together this program and we thought, how are we going to explain what this is? And then especially, you know, here we are, we're talking about this well-established negativity bias and this skepticism. So you can't really just say, trust us, do this. It's so what we realized is 
Don't take our word for it. Get a taste yourself. See if this is for you in a no obligation way. And so that's why we decided to have this free masterclass. So it's called Manage Your Energy, Reclaim Your Time. And it's an energy management perspective uh, related to time management. So we talk through what are the common pitfalls that we see with our lawyer clients related to time management. A lot of our lawyer clients engage in procrastination. A lot of them engage in rumination, um, anticipation. So they're not present in what's going on in the moment, but they're thinking several steps ahead. So these are common pitfalls and we call that leaky energy. And so when you have that um, going on and then you introduce what we would see in law firms often um, in terms of, you know, typical time management strategies. Well, just, you know, carve out space, carve out time, this and that. Like, like whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They fall short because they're not getting to what's really going on. And so yeah. we talk about, well, what's really going on. And so this We'll take folks through um, an exercise to help, a tangible exercise to help them feel what it's like to shift their energy. Because when you're doing that, when you're procrastinating, people procrastinate for different reasons. Like there's a wide variety um, in that. And that's also, there's, we don't really believe in one size fits all approaches to anything because the reason these things are happening are all for the same reason. Um, But there's a wide variety. And so we get to the root, which is your thoughts which take you somewhere emotionally, which leads to your behavior. And most people are not wanting to, they're not, not, not wanting to, but they're not even thinking about that. They think there's something wrong with them. They think, well, I, I can't stop procrastinating. I can't stop whatever else it is that they want to stop. And so we walk through how energy management can help folks um, get over those pitfalls. And then that's really just sort of a sampling of energy management. And if they're interested, then they could join the Leveled Up Lawyer. Okay. So I love that you're giving people a little bit of a taste of what you all teach in Leveled Up Lawyer by doing this free masterclass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, we could talk about the date, but people might listen to this. Yeah. After. So right. we'll want it to be as uh, non, <laughs> yeah, we'll try to make it as evergreen as possible. Yeah. But so that, so I should ask you, um, I guess my final question, because I do want to be respectful of your time. What is next for Julie and um, your all's team? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, next is the next is the next launch. The next launch, correct. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and so I said the next enrollment period. Um, but I, what's next in terms of a couple steps ahead of this, we have big, we have some big dreams. I know. Uh, what yeah. Would, yeah. What we would really love, what we would really love to do is what we have found is that some of the lawyers that many of the lawyers, I should say that we coach are actually have, they're, they're really creative and they become, so some of them be, continue within um, practicing law, just with these new tools. And some of them realize this isn't really what I want to be doing. And so I would like to become, we have a photographer, a this, a that, all these different things. So we've been talking through maybe some retreats where or in-person events. So we're talking through ways to connect lawyers that have gone through this program, can brainstorm, um, can talk their best practices to network. So but we ha- that hasn't taken shape yet. As of right now, we're focusing on kind of step by step by step the course. 
So our individual practices and then the program. I, but we have big I know you guys do, and I'm so excited to see yeah. where you go um, individually as where as well as um, your all's team. I think it's going to be really yeah. exciting and fun. And as we wrap this up, just let people know where where's like one or two best places mm. to find you. Yeah, show show. Um, I told you I could use a communication coach. Uh, <laughs> so I would say. For me personally, uh, with my coaching practice, the best place to reach me would be directly on my website. There's a contact me portion. So www.juliebosi.com, J-U-L-I-E-B-O-S-I.com. And then for Level Up Legal, I think probably the best place is Instagram right now, which would be level.up.legal. And if you want to just jump straight into, I'm sorry, what is it? I said, we'll just link to uh, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That would be great. And then um, if folks want to just jump straight, they're not into Instagram. Actually, I have a couple of clients who have gotten rid of social media completely, which I respect, (laughs) um, but it's harder to reach them. So if you'd like to just join up for our, sign up for our email newsletter, we send newsletters um, regularly on top of very good. They're very good newsletters too. Oh, thank you. We try to make them as practical as possible. Yeah. We know how we know how many emails folks get. Yeah. So um, they could reach us at theleveleduplawyer.com okay. and they could sign up for either our course or our email listserv. If you sign up for the course, you'll be on the email listserv. If you sign up for the email listserv, you'll get emails about the course. So I think that's probably the best step. Awesome. Julie, I will link to all of those. And of Thank course, you. as things evolve for, for everyone, we can always update yeah. links as well. And I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me and sharing your fascinating story. I feel like the legal industry is in such great hands with people like you and the other women that you work with. Um, because, I mean, you all are recognizing challenges that lawyers face. And I love that you're not just talking about time management. You're really trying to get to the root of the challenges that lawyers face. And y'all are, the lawyers, you all are not alone, right? Like these challenges that you, a lot of times, I think this is so important to just really drop home that we all have a a lot of the the same kind of, I don't want to say weird mental things going on. Like that's, (laughs) that's like not the most... Um, socially acceptable way of saying it, but we all have those same like thoughts that we don't realize that we're thinking that hold us back, like those really socially ingrained um, thoughts that oftentimes have originated from childhood. And most often they've, they've originated from childhood. So. Yes. And they're reinforced within. And, and when you're in a very busy profession, you're not carving out time and space to think about your thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> like yes. to engage in metacognition. You're just not. And so, and it can be scary for some people to yeah. think about doing that because, be yeah. And so that's why we really want this. It's, we really believe that these are powerful tools and they really are effective tools and they're delivered in a manner that is warm and that is reassuring. And we are truly, we believe in what we're doing. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't. And so we're here to support folks as, as best as we can. I know that you all will do that. I'm, I'm confident. Julie, thank you so much for hanging out with me. And um, I can't wait to hear more about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Good being with you too.
Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Blissed. If you love listening to this episode as much as we loved producing it for you, be sure to share this episode with two or three female attorneys who inspire you. And of course, be sure to find me on Instagram. Just follow Susie Hickson. That's S-U-Z-I-H-I-X-O-N. I'll see you next time.